0: This, this, this is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is a leap Day Thursday, February 29th, 2024, and we are officially 56 days away from the NFL Draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the Draft Show presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. We've got the NFL Combine to break down media availability kicking off yesterday and plenty of news and notes to get to here over the next hour as we continue to lead you into NFL Draft Process 2024. Today, we've got Aisha Morrison. Bobby Belt, and then live from Indianapolis here in a couple of moments, we've got Nick Harris out there from Radio Row. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back. And, Bobby, this is always a fun time of year because this is really where the information starts to gather you've got all of the the scouting all of the film and all of the the gathering of information initially now you get to share that information
1: yeah this is the this is the super bowl of the off season yeah uh, not just because of what it is for the draft but naturally you get all these powerful decision makers out there it gives them a chance to hey let's check in before free agency let's talk about trades let's do some different things so to me this is This is the pinnacle of the NFL offseason, even though it hasn't officially gotten underway yet. This week right here and and what you get to learn about the players, whether it be in the meetings, on the whiteboard, when you see their testing, uh, it's just a a great week where I think everything sort of starts to come into form for the NFL offseason. It's crazy how quickly it got here.
2: Please.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I felt like yesterday we were watching the Chiefs play the 49ers in Las Vegas, and all of a sudden, here we are
2: no absolutely it does go by quickly and before we know it it'll be i mean right after combine it's free agency so to your point bobby it does start to get real it start you start to really feel like what happens in this next few months it does impact next season so it's in in regards to the combine it's it's about that time for these guys too this is this is i said on our show it's one of the few times in the nfl that you will get to display what you can do as an individual and so I think it's important for these guys to come out and perform.
0: That is interesting because it it is a team game. Right. It always is a team game. But, but the NFL draft is very individualistic and so is the combine. This is on the you. one time where you are the microscope yep. and under the microscope so scrutinized all the way across the league both from a draft standpoint and scout standpoint, but also from a media standpoint as well.
2: Absolutely. These interviews are super important as well. I mean, sometimes that I learned that last year being down there with y'all. It's just you hear little whispers about interviews. You hear little conversations, and it's like, okay, cool. Okay, this guy gets it. This guy doesn't get it. And stuff starts to make sense. And it's easier for us, too, especially because we can start really putting our boards together because those medicals and things kind of add clarity as well.
1: Yeah, this is, I I mean, this right here is just from the perspective of, like I remember years ago when, saying years ago now, it seems like he just got in the league, but years ago when T.J. Watt was at the Combine. Yeah. And you saw the type of athlete he was in his testing. And it's like, oh, okay, that didn't that didn't necessarily show up with what Wisconsin yeah. asked him to do. They asked him to do a lot of push-pull stuff. You, you didn't necessarily get to see those athletic traits, and you had no idea. Max Crosby, another edge rusher who had the same sort of thing, goes out there, performs big. You start to hear some of the buzz about, like, who do teams like? Right. Who are they impressed by? And, and not even just at the top of the draft. You just start to to hear about their draft crushes on day three or like, yeah. oh man, this third round guy, you know, maybe he's lacking this uh, in terms of his test or whatever else, but man, when we sat down with him for those 20 minutes in a formal interview, you you see the type of, you know, football character he has and the demeanor he has, and you know, then this is also the, uh, the time of year where, where drama can come out of it. A yeah. couple weeks from now, you start hearing about medicals, maybe you hear about tests at the Combine that didn't go well, and so this is a absolutely critical week to every team you know team building philosophy oh it's so much fun and you've got some great connections
0: just based off of what you've heard through the first couple days of the combine what's the first thing that stuck out to you uh
1: you know i I think that and the first thing i want to say because you know we're gonna have nick on here in a second he's gonna talk about all the different formal and informal interviews one of the things that's always stuck out to me that that i've heard from people around the league is that they'll say like hey you, you need to really understand how sincere that split between formal and informal is like like, that's it that's a serious dividing line because one of them is you're sitting in a suite or a conference room Mm -hmm. with five decision makers from the team or whatever else and getting whiteboard work and an informal can be as much as somebody going down to somebody after workout and going like hey uh we went to the same high school uh that's pretty cool do you know uh, a mixer yeah like do you do you know this uh fast food joint there all right great talking to you that can be an informal like 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 counted that way so I, i think the it's absolutely important to keep track of the type of formal interviews that they're having. And so I, I think the, the big thing coming out of this so far to me is that there's an understanding just from what Stephen Jones is saying. When you look at some of these formals that they've had already and, and just some of the buzz coming out of there, it's that the Cowboys, I think, recognize that, hey, middle of the defense, we want to be better. Like, you know, on all three levels, the interior of the defensive line, linebackers on the second level, the safeties in the secondary, we want to be better there. And so I, I think that that's one of the things that you start to hear the buzzwords around this time of year. You know, Stephen, I think, said three times the other day, had used the the phrase holistic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, like, you start hearing, like, an idea of, like, oh, okay, this is how they're processing the offseason. This is how they're approaching it. And that's one of the the things that you're consistently hearing chattered about, I think, right now is just – they want to be better in the middle of the defense.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I took from it as well, looking at a lot of the guys that they uh, that they were able to speak to. Thank you for even bringing up the formal and informal thing. I think it is important to remind people, because even me, I'm still fresh to some of the conversation and what some of the meanings are. So I thought that was important that you guys clarified that. Thank you, Bobby.
0: Yeah, because formals – Like you said, you're in a room full of scouts of the front office, Mm -hmm. and you even can FaceTime Mike McCarthy, who's back here in Dallas, Mm -hmm. Mike Zimmer, who's back here in Dallas. You'll have those conversations. And then early in the week, especially whenever these position groups, because you go day by day with position groups. That's why we've heard a lot of the defense and seen a lot of those names early, because the first position groups have been defensive groups. Uh, But they'll put together these mixers where you get some cocktail tables, not cocktails served, but you've got different tables through an open room in the convention center, and you send these position groups in there, and each table has the cowboys or the raiders or the commanders,
1: and it's... It's exactly what it is. It's speed.
0: That's dating how sports.
2: it looks. That's what it looks like sometimes. Well, and, and,
1: and, and I mean, look at it from this perspective. One of the things we're hearing about. I know Stephen talked about. Hey, I, I don't think we we have issues with the culture. I think the culture's yeah. strong here. But I think they definitely want they want some more toughness. I, I, I think yeah. they want some some more cerebral football players this spring that that they're looking at acquiring. And this is a great opportunity in those twenty minute sit downs to sit there and go. What kind of football character does this guy have? How does he respond to this? What kind of answers is he giving me? Like you, you get a sense of the edge that they have, the competitiveness, and, and things like that. And so, it, it's it's an absolutely great week. It didn't work out well for the Eagles a couple of years ago, but again, a couple of years ago, we're talking eight now. Yeah, but like Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, in large part, the reason they went up and got Carson once was from the formal that they had at the Combine, where they were really impressed with him on the whiteboard and some of the stuff he said, and they went, okay, we feel good about this, let's trade up to two, we're going to go get him. So this is a big week for, these meetings are very critical, I think, to them forming a lot of their opinions about guys.
0: And I'm not going to lie, it's a little weird not being out in Indianapolis this week, but we do have boots on the ground. We do. We do have representation from the draft show. Nick Harris is down in the media center. Nick, Uh, Looking great, by the way. You don't look tired at all. You look like you've had a week full of reporting. You look like you've had a week full of information. What's been the biggest standout piece of info you've heard so far?
3: Yeah, it's just another day, another dollar. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's been really fun out here in Indianapolis. It's my first time here at the Combine. I think probably a couple of the biggest nuggets that I've been able to take away from these first couple of days of media availabilities. We can start with yesterday, defensive tackles, the five formal interviews that the Cowboys are participating in uh, over the course of this week to Andre Sweat out of Texas, McKinley Jackson out of Texas A&M. Just a couple of the names that are standing out from that group. But then also today, they're looking at a couple of high round corners, a uh, formal finals. interview with Nate. Wiggins out of Clemson uh, and uh, Wake Forest is uh, Kalen Carson. A formal interview with him, Georgia corner, Kamari Lasseter. You know, I've talked about him as potentially being a fun uh, Jordan Lewis replacement if they are able to, uh, if they're not able to bring Jordan Lewis back onto the team next season. So uh, they're looking at some of those day one, day two type corners. I think that's a position that, you know, at least for me, I'm starting to take more seriously as we uh, look at draft needs coming out of free agency.
0: It seems like that might be a sneaky need though.
3: Yeah, Nick. Do you when, when you see
1: them meeting, uh, having formal interviews like that? Do you think that's indicative of any potential vulnerability of like, hey, Stephon Gilmore is a free agent, and and you know we we got to make sure that things work right for us here at Do you think that they look at that as like, hey, we got to make sure our bases are covered and have an understanding of who's potentially available at the top of the draft in case we're we're sitting there needing a third corner.
3: Yeah, that's certainly insurance as well. I mean, if they aren't able to bring back either Stephon Gilmore or Jordan Lewis and they need a guy that can step in and start on day one, then a guy like Nate Wiggins or potentially Kamari Lasseter could fit that mold. Uh, they would just need to bring him in in camp and be able to work him up and get him ready for those type of moments. But, you know, you're only guaranteed bringing back Trayvon Diggs and DeRon Bland, So it would make sense to uh, plan for any scenario. Yeah.
0: What's been the uh, – outside of the defensive early media buzz – Have you heard anything on the offensive side of the football? Do you feel like I know those those position groups will come later in the week, but what have you started to hear from your conversations
4: out there?
3: Yeah, tight ends. Coach uh, uh, Lunda Wells is out here meeting with a ton of these tight ends informally. You know, I, I don't feel like there's an approach to even draft in this this, uh, this draft cycle. But uh, he's still having those conversations, and he'll actually be working out with them uh, during the combine as well. But uh, receivers, uh, I think that's probably the biggest thing I'm looking at, as well as running backs. I think once we have conversations with those guys, that'll be tomorrow. I think we'll have a lot more clarity about the type of running back they will be looking for here in this draft cycle. For me, I would expect them to go out in free agency, try to, t- try to find that that scat back type of small back that can be a a dynamic weapon in the receiving game and also be able to get some things done uh, maybe on second down and type of like a counter or draw situation, but then have that bruising running back to draft out of this draft class. You know, that's something they didn't have last year. They needed those short yardage uh, type of runs. They tried it with Hunter Lipke on a couple of occasions. And while it did work, that Miami fumble definitely did leave, uh, (laughs) leave me in the press box uh, uh, wiping my tears a little bit. But uh, I think if they can go out and get a guy like Braylon Allen or a Ray Davis, uh, we, We've talked about um, uh, goodness. I'm blanking on the guy from Tennessee, uh, Jalen, uh, uh, Zach Walchuk's guy, Jaylen Yeah, Wright. right. And uh, I How think if they you? don't get a big guy like that, I, I think it would be, uh, I think it would be big time.
2: Uh, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm not giving you pushback, but I'm also, I'm, I am curious. So you mentioned that the tight end position is somewhere that you don't think that they would draft. Um, why is that? <laughs> what to this point? Uh, the, show- the
3: room is the room. Oh, go ahead. The room is developed. I mean, you have uh, you have Jake Ferguson starting. Uh, you got a, a couple of established backups. They spent a second-round pick on Luke Schoonmaker uh, last year. Uh, Peyton Hendershot's coming in. And then John Stevens Jr.'s coming off of injury. They're going to have to figure out how to work him in. Sean McEwen is a free agent, so they have a decision to make with him. But I, I don't really feel like there's a need for that position whenever you look at the number of uh, draft picks that the Cowboys have this year in comparison to their needs as well. I, you know, Nick, when
1: uh, we, we talk about some of the stuff you're seeing on the offensive side, you mentioned the receivers and the running backs steven are obviously talked this week and one of the big headlines coming out of there was the tyler smith comments like is he starting to give an indication potentially that you know maybe the interior is tyler smith's future are are you going to have extra attention on okay let let me see formally if there's a greater focus maybe on some of these tackle specific players rather than guys who have that flexibility play inside Are, are you looking to see if there's any indication like that given what they said about tyler smith
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, We'll be able to talk to offensive linemen on Saturday, but I think there will be a bigger focus whenever you look at the tackle position as opposed to interior because you saw what Tyler Smith was able to do right there at left guard last season. I mean, he played like he could be a perennial all-pro as long as he stays healthy throughout the course of his career. Uh, In in my opinion, I think he was the best guard in the NFC East this past season, and just being able to carry that in year two and be able to still uh, grow and project to be even better over the course of the next few seasons. I understand why Stephen Jones made that con. Uh, uh, made that comment. I think there's an opportunity for him to really shine over the course of the next few years. Let him hone in right there in the interior, bring in a first round tackle, especially given this tackle class. If you want to go grab one in round one, this is a perfect opportunity to go do that with the guy that could start either uh, in, in replacement of Tyron Smith or be waiting in case he goes down.
0: So we've already hit a little bit of how important these interviews are how important the information sharing is but of course drills are a big part of this as well and you finally get some of the numbers and some of the tactical evidence for a lot of these players which are you more excited about are you looking forward to the 40 yard dash or the rest of the drills for each of these positions as you're going on
3: yeah, I guess it just kind of depends what position we're talking about, right? Because uh, if we're talking about offensive linemen, defensive linemen, while I do want to see those big boys run and get up there, I- I'm not necessarily looking at their 40 necessarily. I'm maybe looking at their bench press or you know some some other uh, some other power elements. But uh, you look at these DBs, these skill guys, receivers, uh, running backs. Would love to see how they run, but also those catching drills as well. Those are big parts of uh, what this combine is and what it can bring. Got a good group of quarterbacks that will be throwing, even though Caleb Williams will not. Uh, so there's still a really good opportunity for these guys. These offensive offensive
1: weapons you know I'm curious Nick and obviously not Cowboys specific we're talking about top of the draft but just some of the the chatter you've heard around there some of the media availability has there been any discussion or any thought about this idea of Caleb Williams saying I'm coming in here I'm not throwing I'm not coming into the NFL with an agent I already feel like I've answered enough of these questions have you heard any chatter about that or, or just in general some of the stuff about what the Bears are thinking at the top of the draft
3: Yeah, as it sounds right now, it doesn't really feel like the Bears have a final decision. They will have to come to a final decision before uh, that March 11th, March 13th range before free agency comes. Uh, That's what the chatter has been around here, that they want to have a decision before then. So they know the direction of the team before, uh, you know, they really dive into free agency. But uh, if I'm a betting man, I think they keep the number one pick and they roll with Caleb Williams. But I think it would be an interesting uh, future for them, for sure.
0: Do you feel like that's the first domino that needs to fall for other draft trades to start happening? Because... It feels like even though they have that top pick in the draft, and, of course, they're picking a little bit later in the top ten as well, but you have to know what the Bears are thinking before the rest of the teams can be certain uh, in pulling the trigger and deals that they're looking at.
3: I'm sorry, say that one more time, Kyle. I lost you there in the middle.
0: Uh, Do you feel like that's the first domino that needs to fall from a trade perspective?
3: yeah I would say so I mean that's that's the easy easy pick that that would be traded first uh, that would kind of just set off the uh, uh, the open market as far as being able to move around. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot of moving in that top 10 but everyone wants to know what's going on with the bears for sure.
0: all right, what does your schedule look like as you continue on for combine coverage and then we'll get you back for uh, next week but what what do you got going on the docket today?
3: Yeah, here in about five minutes, I'll be meeting with uh, Will McClay. We'll have an interview up on DallasCowboys.com here nice. soon, just kind of talking about combine, draft strategy, things of that nature. And then uh, tomorrow it's quarterbacks, receivers, and um, uh, running backs that we'll be able to talk to during media availabilities. And then tomorrow getting Jerry Jones and getting his, uh, his his take on the off season and the draft as well.
0: What's one question, Bobby, that he needs to ask Will McClay? <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, how much are as, as we talk about the the offensive line? How much is position flexibility still something that they're they're really gauging versus how much do they want when we look at the interior offensive line guys who that is their specialty. Huh.
3: Yeah, I, I got you, Bobby. I'll throw that in for Thank you. Thank you. I
0: want you to ask
3: what What does
0: the all in approach mean to Will McClay, too? I think that's that's been a, a buzz topic. That's been a buzzword throughout, and I think he'd have a great answer for that. So if you if you could fit that one in for me as well, too, Nick, we really appreciate it. You can keep up to date with Nick, by the way, Absolutely. if you haven't already. Nick Harris, DC, on Twitter. You've done phenomenal work all week long. Keep it rolling. It certainly makes us feel like we're more connected and involved back here inside the stars. You're out there doing great work and we'll uh, we'll see you here in a couple days thanks fellas will is here i gotta run <laughs> okay go 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 sounds good there he goes nick harris
1: out in indianapolis great stuff as well, he, always he's yeah. been running all day he oh, really has. ran on the set ran offset <laughs> i mean just you know it, it's, 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 it's the theme of the week man
2: that, that's how you were when i was signing you out there last year though you, i mean listen if y'all don't know bobby got one of the meanest power walks i've ever seen oh yeah. for
1: real it's ferocious. Them Cavs
2: be, be doing extra work. very, it's
1: a, Yeah, it's a very deliberate, let me see the manager walk. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, that's what it is. I love it. Bobby. I really do.
0: All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we've got Twitter on the 20 with plenty of NFL combine and draft questions. We'll hit those when we come back right after this with more of the draft show.
5: What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at dfwi's.com and tell them Darren sent you.
6: And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This, this
0: is the DallasCowboys.com draft show back here on the draft show 56 days away from the NFL draft NFL combine going on in Indianapolis and plenty of news and notes to share but we continue into that news and notes with some Twitter on the I heard it it was back there yeah it I was heard pushed it. it was Twitter on Twitter the 20. on the 20s it was there 20. all right. First question comes from Maxwell. You're on the twenty. There it is.
1: Thank 20, you, Beamer. 20. Beamer's doing a lot. That was there. actually my fault that that <laughs> was missed after I just threw a name at him during the break. So that's actually my fault.
0: If Beam is able to cut the B-roll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the third segment. But we're, we're, we're pu- pulling a player up here as we speak. All right. Mas- Maxwell asked, he said, I remember last year specifically saying that the Cowboys liked M- Monzy Smith early in last year's draft process. Are there any guys right now that you know the Cowboys like? this time
1: around. That is a great question um, because I think just from... So the formals are going to be a great indication of that, but I think in terms of if you look at formals matching up with Tape need and some of the rumblings you hear about how they view him. I, I do think that Edge Cooper from Texas AM is a guy that they like. Yeah. And, and I think that that's somebody who, absolutely, if in the second round their pick is sitting there and he's on the board, I, I mean, they're not going to take a linebacker in the first round, I wouldn't think. Uh, I, I don't think there's one up there, but assuming that has not been dealt with yet, I, I think that Edge Cooper would be high on the list of guys that they would be intrigued by in the second round. But that's somebody that. I, I know there are, there are fans of his yeah. around here, and so that that's one that I think stands out.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Darius Musau, uh UCLA yeah. linebacker. Uh, I think some of the things he did at the Shrine Bowl, and because there were so many of the Cowboys folks down here. It's mm-hmm. multiple eyes getting on this kid. I do think that it, it, he's one of those guys that if he's there, then it, it kind of feels like he's um, he's somebody they would be looking at to bring in.
0: That was the first name I thought of whenever Taylor I saw Pots that question as I'm well. stealing. No, that was great. No, I mean, <laughs> that just doubles down really what we've been hearing. Uh, I think the, the early name for me might be Tyler Guyton out of Oklahoma. Because you mm-hmm. keep seeing attacker.
2: a lot here. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I'm like, we got that there's here. something to that. I think they really like Tyler, and and th- I think they like the fact that he brings youth and a little bit of experience too, because mm. he's played in a significant amount of games. He's played significant snaps, at least from a collegiate standpoint, for a guy that's his age going into the NFL. Yeah,
1: they, they like monster sized Tyler offensive lineman from Oklahoma.
2: I <laughs> that's, mean, that's kind of their niche. I will say that he him paired with I didn't Tyler. Even think about the Oklahoma I definitely pair thought right about in. it too. Yeah. I thought about it too. I'm just like
0: Tulsa, OU. I'm like,
2: we got Tyler Smith at home. Like, yeah, <laughs> you got him down the road. He literally just added a twin, another one. Like,
1: I mean, honestly, if you look at some of the, like the, the stuff in his scouting report, too, it looks kind of like Tyler Smith's I, scouting does. report at a There's does. still rawness and issues with footwork and technique but and things like that. But he's strong as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's literally what I wrote down. I said, we got Tyler Smith at home. Yeah. you like, your mama be like, we got McDonald's at home. It's, yeah. It's like, like, anyway.
0: It's a- See, but the McDonald's at home is never really as good. <laughs> never- Not really as good unless it's cooked up and it's ready ready To go, Never. but usually when you're saying we've got McDonald's at home, that means you're heating something up in the microwave. Oh, yeah, that's
2: fair. That's fair. I
0: wouldn't say Tyler Smith heating it. Well, you're heating the up Tyler Guyton. Uh, yeah.
2: He's he's he, he's
0: this where you're, you're he got getting a warm, them to that point. Yes, I like it. Yes, <laughs> I like it. Uh, Mr. Vallejos on Twitter says, Match a player and a team that you've seen so far that would make you say, Man, this player is gonna be a problem. Mm. So, best fits between a prospect and a team from the early going in the draft.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, from the, like, early rounds is what you're saying?
0: Yeah, any round.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. kind of where you're you're headed. I mean, so it's not been frequent, but, I mean, people who wonder about, like, would Washington come up to, like, one if Chicago's willing to flip and get out of there, I mean, that's – natural that's a natural fit there because you've got cliff kingsbury there as the offensive coordinator already worked with you know caleb williams it's ripe i think for his skill set there he's from washington dc like i I mean a lot of things i think check boxes there um but you know it's i I don't know that that's one that has has stood out to me just the idea of that pairing would be really good I, i mean i think honestly when you've seen some of the the pairings that you've gotten with Dallas, like the Tyler Guyton one, um, or Mims, just some of these, you know, freaky big athletic guys. It just and, and the success that they've had with those types of players, uh, going back to even Tyron Smith all the way up. Uh, I, I think that those are are ones that I, I look at and say those are good fits. But I mean, those are some of the ones that stand out to me.
2: Um. So I. I mean I think I have one but at the same time I'm not. I'm not 100% sure uh with Jeremiah Trotter. Mm. He uh where does he have ties to? I'm I'm not mis- hold on I feel like I screenshotted. You this. talking just about
1: through his dad?
2: Yeah, no, I'm saying like whatever Philly? He, Philly.
1: Yeah, cuz his dad played in Philly, brought us drafted him there.
2: Philly. Um I've just been seeing a little buzz about that but then also too uh he's we seen it. You seen it. I all seen it. Man. All of us seen it. They need help at linebackers, need so, help linebacker. So, and I do think that he's a gentleman that could fall to them, and it maybe could work. I mentioned even earlier in the draft, Jaheim Bell, FSU, uh, tight end slash basically running back. Holy crap! Please keep him away from San Fran, I beg of thee. Um, I definitely think he could be somebody that they see because he has that, I can do things in the backfield, but I can also do things because I'm athletic and stuff like that in the intermediate middle part of the field, you know, that's their money. So um, he has some versatility to his game. Maybe that's some connection there.
1: I do think also uh, now that, you know, you've got Mike McDonald in Seattle and some of the history he has with what he's done with defensive linemen of, I I think, similar archetypes. Um, I I think that when you've seen, you know, Byron Murphy mocked to Seattle in a couple different instances, I, I think that that's a good fit. And I think that's kind of, you know, one of not, not just from a, perspective of what they need and, and what would help them. but just from the idea of like what Mike McDonald has been able to do with guys like that, I, I think that Byron Murphy in his hands would be great.
0: Yeah, and a fit.
1: this is a fit that
0: could very well happen, but how about Drake May quarterback North Carolina going to Washington? In that that early spot to replace Sam Howell again, to replace at North Sam Carolina. <laughs> Howell who was his predecessor yeah. at North Carolina. I mean, what kind of impact would that be? I mean, is that a, that's an interesting dynamic overall? And of course, Dan Quinn out there in Washington, they need a quarterback.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, Drake May there is a a great fit. I think you know they've had the, and I think specifically cliff working with a guy like drake may would be huge now you know there's some that have mocked i know jaden daniels could go number two instead of drake may and people say look he had success with Kyler. He's had success with a mobile quarterback. He knows how to use them. Knows how to get the most out of them. I think obviously it's different skill set. You're talking about different size profiles yeah. and and different passers. But uh, no, I, I think that Drake May is a is a really good fit for Washington and, and specifically if Cliff were able to work with him. And you know, there's still some questions about for me when watching May is just like what he's seen at yep. times and, and and the decisions that he makes. And and I think just Cliff being such a you know, high IQ offensive football mind, I, him working with him, I think would be massive.
0: Usually the, during the week of the combine is whenever I submit my first, uh, block of positions for the draft magazine coming up. Cause I want to get the combine reads before I really submit them for, for review. Mm-hmm. So quarterback is the first position. I normally just get it out of the way early I have a really high grade on Jake Drake May, but it was one of the knocks is I wrote struggled at times working and making the complicated reads. Would get himself in trouble by forcing passes and taking too long to navigate through progressions and because of that at times his footwork lapses whenever his timing is thrown off. But whenever he's got given time to throw, he
2: sees it he can do it.
0: Goodness gracious, he's yeah. he's prototypical quarterback and he could be a franchise guy. He's got to get better at reading a defense. Yeah. Is ultimately where it's at. Which is you can teach that it's
2: normal I mean it's not I'm not gonna sit up here and make it seem like it's an excuse but I guess this is again that's why we talk about the formals and things like that like at what level is it because I do think that's a part of you know coming into the league as a a quarterback is like it it does take time to to understand these things I mean we didn't see Dak take that like next step next step to what year four year you're maybe five so I just think that's normal, but the arm talent to me stood out is that like like you said, if he sees it, he can place it and he's pow- he's powerful it's not a lot it's not super floaty if he's decisive when he's decisive, and to your point when you mentioned the mechanics and all those things, so i like i like him, i think he's one of the better quarterbacks in this draft because um, they they he's not throwing it
1: yeah and, and i mean like th- that was a big conversation not throwing, right a- at least. You know in terms of the analyst community it was a big conversation for instance about mahomes when he was coming out like that they were like you just you don't know like you don't know what he is on the whiteboard you don't know what he is in terms of pre and post snap reads and things like that and so i think that that's another thing is that people may look at drake may as a case of like well we don't really know yet there are things there are times where the, it looks like a bad read, like maybe he just got confused post-snap with what he had seen. Then there are other instances where it can be something where it looks to me at times a little Stafford-like where it's just almost irrational trust in his ability to get Mm -hmm. it there. That's exactly what it is. And and so sometimes it may just be he read it right and he just thought well, I can get this there. He's like Screw that! I'm, I'm fitness. Yeah, like I, yeah. I know I can, I know I can put the ball on him. And so yep. there are times where it looks like a battery, and other times where it looks like to me he's just incredibly confident <laughs> in his arm talent, which
0: is a good thing at times.
2: Sure, could turn gotta, into a bad thing. You got to temper it. You got to temper it. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: That's how it rolls. All right. Andrew asked this question. We talked a little bit with Nick a moment ago about defensive tackle and linebacker. Bobby, you said at the middle of the draft has been an emphasis, or middle of the defense has been an emphasis in the draft process so far. Andrew wants to know. Who is everyone's favorite defensive tackle or linebacker that the Cowboys have had a formal visit so far? And here's the list of formal formal visits off of Nick's uh, Twitter account. Uh, McKinley Jackson, Texas A&M. Mason Smith, LSU. Chris Jenkins from Michigan. You can make the jokes now if you want to. Okay. Uh, Ruke Oro from Clemson. Tavondre Sweat. From Texas, we'll start with the DTs. So there's the five formals that were reported by Nick Harris.
1: So I I don't want to I, I I'm gonna give the caveat now. I'm gonna sound like a homer, but uh, it's Devondra Sweat. Yeah, for me, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm there with you. It's
2: hard to say anybody else. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I mean like that to me is the easy one, and, and I like I I'm not even super high on Sweat like like a lot of other people. I think Sweat's gonna rise to a point and and go in the draft probably higher than i would take him like, yeah. like just for my own comfort level my own fantasy mock draft way of taking guys i i he would be he's probably going to go higher than i would take but i mean there's no denying just the, the the type of freak that he is for his size and the ability that he shows against the run and you know i, I think that there, there's very rarely even against Big-time offensive lines like what Washington has, mm-hmm. very rarely do you see people getting movement on him. And, and I think that that's absolutely critical for what we're talking about with the Cowboys is the idea of having that sturdy anchor in the middle of the defense to help with some of this run support, which is something Steven Still, when they talked about needs the other day, he talked about positions, but when he talked about a, a an actual area of, of execution where they still started, he still pointed to it, The run defense has got to be better. Yep.
2: I I have a question because we're talking about this because it's, it feels like something that we need to start considering. I know I need to start considering who they are paired up with matters in this, especially with DT to me. It it matters like especially it depends on is the guy next to them more of a two gapper or is this person the two gapper or is the other person next to them more of a speedy, um, I don't know, bursty, twitchy guy because I do think. I do think he's he's fine. I think he can do whatever. But I, I'm curious of like moving forward when how we look at DT. I'm trying to look at who they're paired with, uh, who's playing next to them because it does it dictate dictates. into the
1: into the future or on their college. Tape?
2: On, on I'm sorry on their college tape. Yeah, h- how they perform um, is because it, I just I, I'm. It's is there we, a
0: little bit of concern there because Byron Murphy was so good next to him?
2: Um, I don't know if it's so much concern. I just think it's something you have to consider is that the other gentleman next to the other gentleman, it's the same thing we talked about it last year, even with the Cowboys. It's like, yeah, I mean, I see see Osa. Osa can win one-on-ones, but a lot of the time it's because people are doubling Micahs because they're doing, it draws attention. So I'm just, I'm only asking not because of him in particular. I'm talking about in general, because when I look at even some of these other DTs, I'm over here like... Well, who's your friend? Yeah. <laughs> who's your friend next to you? Because, baby, that's the reason why you get into play free like this. So, anyway, that was just a question I had. How important is that to y'all to consider who they're playing next to?
0: I think it it plays a factor because even in the film that you get to see, yes, you will see one on one scenarios, and both of these guys went one on one. Oh yeah, they can bit. play. They didn't get double teamed a ton in college, yeah. but I I think. It does play a factor because ultimately the guys that you're playing around do elevate your game in a certain direction. Uh, I'm not worried about these guys, especially whenever you've got the the B-roll that we were just watching from Senior Bowl when you're seeing one-on-ones won by Tavante Sweat. Uh, that's that's pure strength and and skill.
1: Yeah, I guess more less so who they're they're playing alongside. Um, I, I guess what I would look at more because I think that'll show up on tape, regardless yeah. of, of having to ask that question. I think when you see the tape, you'll be able to spot, okay, like he I mean he's getting favorable matchups here. How much is he just taking advantage of a, a lesser tackle or whatever else because there's a tension over here? Mm-hmm. Those are those sorts of things. More what I would wonder is like if you see something on tape where it's like, okay, they're they're mainly playing inside. Or like like if you're talking about defensive backs, for instance, you're seeing a corner that's mainly playing inside, or um, you know, it, it appears that well we've got a lot of tape of them playing man, but there's not a lot of them Plain zone or whatever. So those are more the things where I go, like, okay, are you niche? And we just don't know it because we, we haven't been able the to way see you've other been things. utilized yeah.
0: in certain ways. How do you feel like sweat has been utilized?
1: Oh, no, I, I think that
2: well, – uh, Yeah, yeah. I think they're fine. I think they're fine. I, I guess I'm asking because I'm looking at even, like, this Cowboys roster and these DTs and how things are with them. And I think we've seen that different guys perform better when they're next to certain guys or if there's mm. another guy that's there. So I just – I, I just think the Nate, where your DT room matters when you're talking about bringing in like a sweat because I think he's going to thrive regardless. But I just, I don't know. I don't I, know. Maybe I, I'm, I'm tripping. I, I'm
1: curious. How early, and not to shoot the wheels off here, but how early fight? would you, would them taking a defensive tackle potentially signal to you maybe they're not as comfortable with Mozzie as they publicly said? First so just round. first, if they went second, if, you if would they just went do that as round, depth? Or,
0: I don't think that bothers me.
1: I it, does it, would it bother you? No, no, no. no. I, I just First round would be interesting. If they
0: went first round defensive tackle, that says w- we are concerned about Mozzie and what he can bring in the future. Because going back to back like that on a specific position, because you're not going to draft a three tech in the first round and expect it to be a three tech. Unless I guess you can move Mozzie with all the weight that he's lost to a three tech. You can maybe do that. But if you're taking a true nose tackle, a run-stuffing defender for the second straight year inside the mid-20s, I I think that's a problem. But if you do it in the second, you're just investing in your run defense.
2: As someone that wants them to uh, address that position more so with proven talent, Mm -hmm. like in free agency, I don't know given—because, take a second, what is your DT room right now? What is it? You don't know if Hankins is coming back. You don't know, like, obviously, Mazi still has and to Mazi. develop. It's Osa, Mazi. Chauncey Golston probably going to get kicked back out the edge because, respectfully, Zim has, he can, can look at him and see his D <laughs> Um I just, Neville Gallimore, they incentivized almost his whole contract this whole season. He's, so a, it's free like, too, he's right? a free agent, too, right? Yeah, he agent. is a free agent. So I ask you, what the hell is your D tackle room right now to where taking somebody high is, like, I'm super concerned. I, I would be more concerned if they didn't touch. I guess if they take a free agent, if they take a, if they draft a guy and they don't touch free agency with DT, mm. I'm a little more so like, okay, what the heck is going on? I, I don't um, know. Or, or the other way around.
1: I, I mean, also, <laughs> also is not going to be a run stopping one technique. No. Um, exactly. and, and so, so Osa's already got one spot. So, I think that, yeah, if you're taking one in the first round that is a run-stopping defensive tackle, to me that is such a niche, narrow position that you're addressing when you already addressed in the first round last year. To me, it's like you don't just draft depth in the first round. No. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I would – that would, that's why it, your line of thinking is why it doesn't concern me if they took him the second or the third or something like that. Yeah, they the second. You, you know, with how frequent defensive line rotations are in this day and age, too. And I, I got to go back and look and see how much Zim was rotating guys in Minnesota the last it was couple quite of years. A bit. And so, because of that aspect of it, um, I, I it wouldn't concern me day two, day three if they went for depth. But if you're saying, like, hey, our, our biggest piece of draft capital, we're going to commit to this fairly narrow focus on the defense and it's the same investment we made last year, that would be a little, that, that would make me think that, their true beliefs aren't necessarily matching up with their public messaging. Correct.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, or again, they, they might be trying to pair how we saw the commanders do to me is where they was like, we don't care. If we're going to use important picks You're to just put guys to get the middle of our defense the way that we needed to be. And yeah. it ended up working out for them, but it don't always work out for everyone. But I, I mean, yeah, I would be like, what the heck? But I would be more more like what the heck if they didn't touch it at all, and even in free agency, because you don't have the luxury to just look at what you have now and be like, we're good, (laughs) we're all right. No.
0: To finish the second half of our final Twitter on the Twitter question, Twitter on the Twitter, yep, Twitter on the Twitter. Goodness, (laughs) Uh, Junior Colson, Michigan, Tyron uh, Hopper from Missouri, and Edrin Cooper from Texas A&M. Which out of those three guys? Those are all the formals at linebacker so far. Which one of those guys do you like the best? So, uh,
1: Colson, Cooper, and then what was the other one? Hopper. Tyrona okay, so Hopper. I've, I've not watched Hopper yet. Coulson, I have Colson a little up. ahead of Cooper. Just I, a little bit.
2: I watched uh, Hopper last night.
1: I flipped them last
0: night. <laughs> I mean, they're right there they next are, to each other. Right, they're difficult. touching tags already. They were touching tags before last night, and they still are to me. But I, I now have Cooper ahead of Colson, but I love Colson too. Yeah. I think both those guys are great players. They're Both second round, high second round grades for me.
2: I think is is uh, is Edwin a little longer?
0: Yes, yes. I
2: think that's what stands out. The, but
0: then you've the got Colson, who's a little bit more built.
2: Yes.
1: It's so, yeah, Colson's got twenty pounds on Cooper. I think he's like 247. Something like that. Maybe. I just, I, I mean the, I, I love the way Edge Cooper plays mm-hmm. is just the thing to me. He the the, the way he sees it and. Gets after it, and and the way he uses that length, and the way that he's able to get off of blocks, and not just you know run around him or whatever else. I I, I really really like him, and, and think that he'd be a big positive for them in their linebacker core. Yeah. How you said you wanted to you wanted to address defensive tackle in free agency. I think I would definitely feel more comfortable if one of the starters they get at linebacker is from free agency. Like I want to get Ash. a veteran that I know like sees it sees it and and reads it and reacts the right kind of way that's what i i would want to address in free agency because it is so much of a crap shoot at times with linebackers coming out of the draft in terms of how quickly they see it process it and react to it
0: would you be okay pairing a, a rookie with a veteran and having both guys i know that'd be a perfect scenario yeah. for me yeah, I, I, that, yeah that's
1: completely fine with me that, I,
0: I i agree with you completely if you're starting a guy a linebacker i want him to be a veteran i want him to have been there done that seen everything to a certain extent whereas edger and cooper he brings such upside that you want to pair him. i mean think about late van Der esch had sean lee yeah and sean lee had uh individuals to learn with all the way through too so same thing with uh, bringing in a linebacker who are they going to learn from their room, Clark this is their room guy. needs
2: this room needs you that. need a veteran. they do need that and um I would feel more comfortable too if they addressed it in free agency as well. But I, I do want to ask you guys if they address it in free agency, do they take one of these linebackers later? Then you could. Would it? I don't think they would feel the pressure, or you know, to have to take a guy higher. In the second. Uh, you know, because there are some later rounds, later round guys that could come in and be pretty good linebackers for them yeah. if they pair with a veteran.
1: They've got a pretty extensive history of, regardless of need, taking linebackers. Mm. Like, okay. like I mean, whether it be like I'm trying to look here now. There was a stretch there where I think 20 and tw- and 19 they didn't take linebackers. But if you look before then, it was some insane run of like 18 of 20 drafts they took a linebacker somewhere. Wow. And and it's because I mean a lot of times you get guys who. Are contributing on special teams and are, you know, just depth guys at the linebacker position and do different things. And so I, I would guess, regardless of how they address it in free agency, they're taking a linebacker somewhere.
2: No.
1: Um, and, and they're still really, really high on DeMarvy and Overshone. Oh, and, and I think that Overshone being a guy that they really believe in paired with Nick had thrown it out there during his yeah. mock off se- season. You get Aziz Al and DeMarvian Overshone, and you've got Damone Clark working in there, mm-hmm. and, and however much you want to bring Marquis Spell into the box. I mean, I know that was more of a Dan Quinn philosophy that Mike Zimmer may not ascribe to. The, the way Steven talked at the combine the other day made it sound like Micah could be more involved playing straight linebacker. And so, sure.
2: I believe that you know, well.
1: I, but I think if you're telling me veteran and DeMarvian overshone as kind of your core at linebacker, then... I feel pretty good about that relative to what you're going to do in the draft. From
0: 2009 to 2016, they took a linebacker in every single draft. Yeah. Yep. And, and then what is it, the last three years they've taken one? They've taken at least one. They had Covington in 18, 19, yeah, they've nine. taken oh, and Leighton Van Der
1: Esch in 18. Five, li- they've taken five linebackers in the last three drafts. Yeah. And they still need linebacker. Yep. <laughs> still got to find a way to get it done.
0: Alright, when we come back, it's time for some Tell Me More. Who have Aisha and Bobby been watching this week and who do they have their eyes on going into the remainder of the NFL Combine? We wrap up the draft show right after
6: this. Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, Thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At LaserCare Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients see. Check them out at DFWeyes.com. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors, only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This is the DallasCowboys.com
0: Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, presented by Miller Lite, a taste you can depend on. We've got Aisha Morrison, Bobby Belt, Chris Beam. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Let's talk about some tell me more scouting reports over players. And we haven't necessarily had a chance to talk about much on the show. Aisha. I'll let you start. Who you got?
2: Uh, I have uh, a gentleman that they did a formal with. I want to tell you more about Nate Wiggins, a quarterback out of Clemson. This is a young player, (laughs) very young player. He's a nugget. Uh, He's 6'2", 185. Um, He predominantly uh, predominantly plays outside. Uh, I said... uh, Oh, yeah, he flipped the script. I said that he uh, he likes, I think I like his zone technique more than I like press. Mm-hmm. Um, I think zone allows him to read and react, and he's this is a heady player. You can almost see him thinking things through uh, before they happen. He thrives there. Um, I said uh, that, yeah, the diagnosis and recognition stand out. He uses the boundary well. The boundary is his friend, again, that takes awareness from a player. Um, he's fluid but he's not super fluid and he doesn't have a whole bunch of burst but i think he knows his athletic limitations i think he knows what he's capable of and what he's not capable of hmm. and that's why he is more so this heady guy that can you know make plays again looking at him. he's just nugget
0: what makes you say that about how he do you just see that from film study on on term, in terms of IQ and the way that he knows. Yes,
2: yes, I think you can watch a player in their decision making and you know that they know like I can't cut too far out here. I can't backpedal too much here because I don't have the recovery speed to drive on this ball and I think that he again that the the lack of I think he's athletic but he's not just like this crazy athlete but I think he understands that so he's in his playbook far more than everybody else so he can read it and recognize it and be there a little bit quicker Um, I think the run defense can improve and some of the tackling as you see he is a little he's not he's not super big I think he might thrive in the slot to be honest depending on how you decide to use him Um, when he knows knows he knows is what I said is when he knows he knows and he goes after it and that's why he's able to make plays on the ball and do some things like that so um yeah he's he times up his finish he times up when he decides to rotate or fight to the ball as well I like the player um definitely maybe people might be concerned about some of his he's just very lean he's just not he's just not super muscular he's not gonna again he's not gonna do a lot in the run game Mm -hmm. support as of right now But still, from a coverage perspective, especially in some type of zone scheme, I think he could be a DOG.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I really like it. He obviously is very lanky. Um, very
2: lanky. <laughs> he, he's not.
1: He's not quite Emmanuel Forbes lanky. Yeah. Um, and, and this he's is got twenty pounds on Forbes yeah. still. Yeah. The, I mean, yeah. Forbes weighed uh, <laughs> one hundred forty pounds or whatever he was. But I mean, th- this was a, <laughs> right. a sta- th- this was a staff that that liked Emmanuel Forbes yeah, a lot. He did. Um So so I don't know that that being lanky is necessarily going to be a big problem for him. I'll tell you. Uh, It's so easy, I think, to draw comparisons to guys that you see week in and week out. Um, And and while he's not got nearly the thickness that Diggs had coming out, I think there's a lot of Diggs-like quality to his game.
2: He'll bait you, too. Yeah, Yeah.
1: he's a guy who he absolutely loves to gamble and, yes. and try to bait guys and he's got similar type of length uh, one of the things we know about mike zimmer is length is going to be something that's important to him at the corner position something that's been a uh, consistent with chris richard and you know uh dan quinn and then will mcclay's you know scouting parameters for a long time has been corners with length and, and that they want that um and, and i think that when you see him and the way that he uses his length and press and and the way that he plays the ball if he can fill out a little bit um and and, and maybe get a little more disciplined um, and, and not take so many risks. I, I think that Nate Wiggins can be really he, – he's one of my two corners that I have graded in the first. And, okay. again,
2: he's, he's young. He's a young player. so he, He's still a little raw. He's still a little raw. So you have the opportunity to coach him up how you see fit and things like that. But he has a lot of traits that I think um, people will, will enjoy because sometimes you, you want a guy that's going to gamble sometimes. And we also saw, even with Trayvon, to your point – he did improve in run defense. It wasn't always perfect, pretty, but he showed a willingness as he got a little bit bigger and got later into you know his time here.
0: Yeah, you said you like a guy that would be willing to gamble. Well, he would be unable to gamble in certain states across the country Please. until after training camp because he doesn't turn 21 until after training camp. I told
2: camp. you he's a nugget.
0: Yeah, he's 20 years old.
2: So you have he will time. turn
0: 21 on August 28th.
1: Yeah, and so, so. a guy who still has a, a ceiling to be reached, I think. But the, the skill set, the traits, they're they're all there to be a top tier corner to me. Yeah. And yeah. So, so you've I, got a I, first I, round grade on yeah. him. You do too, Aisha? Maybe not quite first round grade. Corner two, corner two. Mm-hmm. Who's not corner yet. one? Terry and Arnold. Yeah, it's Arnold.
2: Terry Arnold. Somebody gonna make him a safety, ain't they?
1: Uh, I, I mean, Eagles somebody might try, but I mean, he's a, he's. I think he's a really good. Corner.
2: I do too. I I haven't did my
1: full full I'm stack. Still,
2: I still, I, you know, I gotta get all the humans, and then I can stack. The humans. <laughs> I gotta watch
1: getting them. the humans is important. For you gotta sure. get. Em. I got three of them this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, I mean, nobody knows that more than Kyle. Kind of. <laughs> all right, Bobby, who
0: you been watching?
1: Okay, so <laughs> I was I was very interested after hearing uh, Eric Galco really heap a lot of praise onto isaiah williams from illinois yeah uh i, I was really interested in him, especially in a, a class that's as deep as it is for for the receiver class i mean i've already run through you know in the 100 players i've done it's like 17 of them are receivers at this point point. and so it, it's a a very deep and strong class and man i think Isaiah Williams is really interesting. He had a big week at the Shrine Bowl, uh, 5'9", 184 pounds, uh, slot-specific type of guy. Um, But this is a converted quarterback. He was a quarterback his first couple years at Illinois, uh, made the position change over to receiver, had a 1,000-yard season last year for them before declaring for the draft can contribute in the return game to me. I see a guy who separation comes really easily for him. Uh, now when, when he doesn't have the separation, the lack of size does cause him trouble on contested catches and things like that. But those are, those are size limitations. It's yeah. not a competitiveness toughness thing. He is a competitive football player. Uh, I, I think the speed, the ability to stop, start the acceleration is really impressive. Uh, I think the athletic ability that he shows when he's adjusting to the ball, the body adjustments, the catches, uh, you know, it seems that there's still room to grow as a young player at the position because he played quarterback at high school, was, I believe, like the Gatorade player of the year in Missouri as a quarterback. Wow. Um, but ha- is somebody who I think has a ton of upside and uh, will be in Indy this week. And, and I'm really interested to see how he tests, how he weighs in. Um, but but that's a guy who I, I think has a ton of upside.
0: They have him listed. And this is not Indy's stuff. This is sure. just internet Five foot eight, one eighty four. He's little. That. That's little bitty. He
3: is little. Well, like he's, said, he's, he's, he's,
0: he's
1: not playing outside. Heavy now, now. Illinois did play him outside some. Okay, uh, they, they were willing to do that too. at the NFL level, and specifically with the way hmm. I know, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy has treated smaller slot guy or, or smaller players before. I, I think that this would be a a slot specific type of player.
0: Probably four four
1: ish speed. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Probably four four. Yeah. Now you, it's always a little. It's always a little tricky when you're eye testing it yeah. with, with these guys, because yes. you see that when, when they got those quick little feet and they show that acceleration and they show some of the agility and the quickness, it can can sometimes lull you into it. But I mean, I, I think he definitely has the long but He reminds me a little bit a guy who didn't work out at the NFL level, but as a prospect reminds me a little of Kiki Kuti. Oh, when yeah. He was coming out of uh, Texas Tech.
6: Hmm.
2: Who's, I, I don't know who Kiki is.
1: You don't
0: remember Kiki? Kiki, oh, love me. Nah, no. th- that song was made
2: Definitely for him. Definitely yeah. yeah, not. Yeah, it was
1: Lufkin product. Bobby. Lufkin product. Uh, <laughs> okay. buddy, of He was he was nasty at I Texas
2: at, Tech. I look at him. I've never heard that name before. Uh, mm-hmm. but no. Um, you brought up. I think if I'm not mistaken, Isaiah. Uh, last year in 22, he led the FBS and uh, FBS in uh, receptions.
1: He's I mean, he's he was somebody who I I don't know if that was the the, look at that. Beamer got the B-roll that That, that that's the B-roll we were just talking about. That 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 right there is why I am responsible for the Twitter on the 20 miss is because (laughs) I was like, hey, do we have Isaiah Williams? And beam was like, oh, my gosh, let me cut it up. Hold on. And so beam knocks it out. He's got graphics on there and everything. Um, Yeah, he was. I I don't know if he led the FBS. He was 82 receptions, 715 yards as a a sophomore. Uh, Last year was uh, 82,055. it was it five touchdowns he, he, he's to me is like i said it 's going to be slot specific, but you talk about run after the catchability joystick type player, somebody who Shows competitive toughness over the middle of the field. Isn't afraid to go over there. It has some size limitations, obviously. That's going to be natural for a guy that is his size. But I think that everything you want in terms of his makeup and and that toughness on the field is is there.
2: Yeah, I should have added context. At some now, point in time. He <laughs> at some point in time during the season in twenty two he led the FBS.
1: Uh, now here, now here's one thing that's going to uh, probably make fundamental coaching on on the special team side a little sick he did muff three punts this year Uh-oh. it's not great i mean but he, he by the way he finished uh what is
0: this 16th in receptions this year so he was top 20 okay. in the fbs in terms of receptions.
2: i will say um we've talked about it the last couple of years this is what Keep an eye on Illinois, man. Like they, they seem like they've churn out prospect Illinois,
1: like Illinois put out Kirby Joseph a couple of years ago. They've got Witherspoon. Yeah. They, they've got some guys this year. I, I, I mean, they've they've done a good job building up that program from one that was, uh, you know, a little down for a while. But I, I mean, I think that you know Brett Bielema has done a, a good job building that back up over there in Illinois. That's yeah. a tough conference to win in. Some
2: into. of the attitude too. When you look at when you watch Missouri players like these dudes are <laughs> off the chain like they I feel like that about some of the Illinois players as well it's like I don't know what it is about them but they just have that chip on their shoulder that yeah. they play with and they're edgy like you said is like even though this guy's small don't be worried about him being scared to catch a ball over the middle he's not scared
1: he's not afraid it definitely limits him at times there are times where you he's see that pop. his physicality yeah he's uh, I, I mean on contested catches when i was watching yeah. him uh, you you definitely see that at times he has trouble finishing but it, again it's not a Lack of competitive toughness. It is just physical limitations that exist. You know, there's no perfect prospect. We're not talking about a a round one guy here. We're talking about somebody who definitely has some limitations, but is somebody who I think impressed a lot of people at Shrine Bowl um, and and the ceiling that he still can potentially achieve is somebody who's still learning uh, to become a more crisp and precise route runner. Uh, As a guy who played quarterback previously, Mm -hmm. I I think that he's very intriguing. I had him highlighted in my Shrine Bowl notes
2: on my roster. That's why I I was like, "Hey, that's that is him. That was there." Okay,
0: you you thinking day three? Yeah, early day three, something like that.
1: Yeah, day three. Yeah, maybe. So there was a lot of chatter. Uh, I know when I first started looking into him, it looked like a lot of the chatter was saying late day three but it looks like there's starting to be more of a build towards like hey this is somebody who could sneak in and be early day 3 oh, be, good. be like round four kind of guy four or five. It's, it's it's so tough to tell because of how deep the receiver class is yeah it, it, a lot of guys got to go before
2: him those small guys the unfortunate have to show side up of it. today they're yeah. gonna have to stand out these smaller guys because you know wide receivers are giant humans again this season like <laughs> it's like oh back to normal
0: small receivers <laughs> are they're they're people too you can yeah. have success with them. All right. On Thursday, or on Tuesday, we'll have Brian brought us back from spring training. We'll check back in with Bobby, Aisha, Chris Beam in the back. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the Draft Show. Oh, Nick Harris will be back from Indianapolis. Do you have the FOMO of not being out
2: there? I know. Yes, I do. I do, too. I mean, I, I, it was such a, it's just nothing like that experience. And I was real wide-eyed, too. I was just like what's going on y'all this is <laughs> this is what radio row feels like this is what
1: driving to andy tomorrow i was about to say are you going
0: you're road tripping
1: yep driving up there solo nice. i've got a that 14 hour Christmas. spotify playlist ready to go what's on it uh a bunch of stuff it's like it's a huge cross-section of you know rap and pop and alternative rock and everything else what's the first song on there Uh that's a good question i think it's the got? 1975
0: oh okay is that a song? Uh, no, a it's
1: a band Okay, uh, okay, okay Yeah, yes. it's the 1975 Sincerity's Scary Nice Any Creed on there? No, I feel there's like you'd not. Be a Creed two live crew? No, there, there's no two live crew either, Beamer. you um, not a Creed I, I mean, I can add it on there. Uh, Creed was fine uh, back in the day. I feel like and I've I mean, had a
0: resurgence lately, which is yeah, why. Yeah, thanks I asked. to the
1: world champion, Texas Rangers. Darn right. You know? Um, but, like, you know, I feel like if, if I'm going Combine related, if I was driving to spring training, I would be listening then to it. Then you'd
0: be Creed the whole way. Yeah. yeah.
1: Be, you know, yeah go, on going out to Combine, you, you got to change it up a little bit. High. I will
2: exactly. say that 80s music is, it does something to my. Like late 80s music does something to my brain, and it makes me calm. Okay, calm. Have to
1: remember that. Makes me want to dance. It (laughs) it makes me
2: want to dance, but it just feels like you time travel in a way. You got jokes.
1: That's safety dance.
2: Just let me love it. Like some of my 80s music.
0: 80s music is great. There's nothing wrong with 80s music.
2: I keep trying not to sing, so we don't get in trouble.
0: No, please go for it. No, I can't. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll see you guys on Tuesday <laughs> back with the draft show coming up next week. For Chris Beam, Bobby Belt, for Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We will see you later from the star in Frisco. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football
5: Club. How about this, Cowboys?